on today's episode of Out of Office Bros. We've got the Broncos versus Raiders preview, week one NFL preview, and they just wrapped up Hard Knocks. What's going on with that? This is Out of Office Bros. Let's hit it. Hello, 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 Ooblers. Today is another episode of Out of Office Bros. I hope everybody's having a fantastic week one NFL Sunday. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Scotty L. How are we doing today, pal? I'm doing great, D-Train. We got some real football. We already are through week one of the college football uh, season. We're into week one of the NFL season. We got two rivalry games this week. We got CU Nebraska. We got the Broncos Raiders. I I couldn't be happier right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you can see from our attire, we both are wearing our Broncos gear today. Um, Real quick hit on the note on the Buffaloes, though. I just wanted to talk about how interesting this week was going back to work um, after after that ball game on Saturday. And people that I don't even talk to about college football or NFL football even were walking into my office and engaging with me about what the heck happened on Saturday and how excited am I like asking me, um, did that, did the same sort of thing happen to you? Yeah, man, it's, it's been a wild week, you know, just people coming out of the woodworks wanting to talk about buffs football. We've even seen it within our own friend group and we're all dedicated to you fans, but you have those people like myself, you, Ethan, that are always really, really engaged with what's going on with Buffs football. And then our, our buddies that will, will support the team are always going to watch the games, but maybe not as intensely tweeting or talking or texting about it. Our, our friends group chat this week was absolutely insane. I was getting hit by people that I used to work with. I was getting hit by people that I haven't talked to in years just to talk about the Buffs. And it, it's We've said it a hundred times at this point, but it's a new era and I I can get used to this, man. I really can. Yeah. I mean, anytime anybody wants to engage with me about what's going on with buff sports, I'm at, I'm so excited. Um, And so, and so, and so having this, this topic to talk about all week really just made this week one go by quickly, not because just it was a four day week, but because I was, I had a super big smile on my face the entire time. You know, at, oh. at no at no point did I get off the phone with somebody or stop a meeting with somebody and and be in a bad mood because I just kept thinking about that ball game. Yeah, it was. It, it's amazing how much having something to look forward to brightens your week, and how much just a football team like what Coach Prime is doing up in up in Boulder can really lift the spirits. It was a weird week because it felt like it was going by super fast at times because I had that to hold on to of like. Man, we looked so great against TCU. Shador looked like an NFL quarterback. Travis Hunter established himself as one of the top players in college football. But then it was so slow because I had these two rivalry games that I, as a Colorado sports fan, I live for every year. Yeah. I miss watching the Huskers come in here. You know, I'll, I'll hate on Husker fans and I'll give them a hard time. But that rivalry is amazing. It is the mid, it is our region's version of the Iron Bowl or of Michigan, Ohio State, you know, it it is that big to the people in this region. So looking forward to that's insane. And then obviously growing up a Broncos fan, man, I I hate the Raiders. I I really do. 
it's in our blood to hate the Raiders, man. Like if you grew up here and you grew up as a Broncos fan, it is inherently built into your brain. Oh, we hate the Raiders. They're the one, like my family has season tickets for Broncos games. And for, there was a, I got in a fight when I was like 15 or 16 with a Raiders fan. Me and my cousin did when I went to a Raiders game. So there was a 15 year period where I did not go to a Broncos Raiders game. And I usually try to make it to one to three Broncos games a year. And, um, and I just went for the first time this past when they were here in, uh, I can't remember if it was the end of December or January. Um, and I was finally able to go and, uh, you know, not being a smart mouth teenager, I think definitely helped with that. I did not get in any fights this time. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, uh, you know, and you're like you said, we're it's, it's a great week as a, as Colorado fans, because we do have these two rivalry games back to back. I think it's going to be a lot of an emotional high for a lot of people watching both of these games. Uh, so strap in, man, like whether, regardless of where, if you're going to either of these games, which both are happening in Colorado, um, I'm sure there are people that are doing both, which is insane. Um, <laughs> But uh, but definitely like strap in because it's going to be a heck of a weekend. God, I don't know if my liver could survive going to both games, but uh, to those who are, God bless you and Godspeed. I'm I'm cheering for you. The prayers up to your livers. Absolutely. Um, so I did want to talk about, uh, what you had said about the, uh, about like the articles and everything that our friends were kind of sending around to each other. So a way too early 2024 mock draft came out from, um, from Beecher Report and they had, uh, put Shadur Sanders getting drafted. I think they, they, uh, ranked the Raiders, uh, having the seventh overall pick in this next year's draft and they, so Shador could potentially be a Las Vegas Raider. Oh, I, I think, I think, I think I actually sent that to everybody. And in the comments I did like, or, you know, I texted right afterwards. I did the Michael Scott, like, no, God, please, God, no, 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 no. <laughs> because I can't have that, man. I can, I can absolutely not have it. God, that would be, oh, that's such a big conflict of interest because I love I'm already a huge Shador guy. Like, just one game. One game is all I needed to see to qualify him in, like, my pantheon of Denver athletes right now. To see him go and don the silver and black, like, oh. And the worst part is, is there have been some great buffs that have been Raiders. You know, I think back to probably the most notorious one is is uh, Cliff Branch way, yeah. way back in the day. But damn, that would hurt. And yeah. I, I couldn't blame him, like, a, I don't think Shador is coming out this year, so it'll be fine. But the other interesting news that came out this week about co- from college football that could affect Shador is Caleb Williams. Did you see his dad's comments? I did see his comments, and that's really interesting. Um, I'm almost wondering why he doesn't go the like John Elway, Eli Manning route with it, where you almost force a team to make a trade, and and then a team would get a haul for the first overall pick, especially if they know that they're guaranteed Caleb Williams. I mean, look what happened when um, San Francisco traded up uh, to get Trey Lance. Um, yeah. It, it was a haul. And so I think it would be, it would probably be comparable to that, or if not even more that whoever, whatever team has the first overall pick would end up trading that kind of draft capital for a Caleb Williams. Um, yeah. For those of I, you that didn't see that news and that article, 
Caleb Williams' dad was interviewed by The Athletic, came out and said, like, Caleb does not have to go out this year, basically daring the Cardinals to not tank. Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the day, like, they've got a point. He's probably making as much as he's going to on an NFL contract at USC right now. So he doesn't need to leave. The first overall picks, I looked into this when the article came out. The first overall pick, uh, it's a $27 million signing bonus. And I think I think you can get guaranteed up to forty five million. I don't. I doubt his nil deals are worth that much. I don't. Man, I, I think don't. I, I think, I, I I think I've even. I think I've even seen the the nil deals, and Livy Dunn is making the most, and it's like three million or something like that. I mean, it makes sense. Have you seen her? But at the end <laughs> of the day, like he, Caleb, Caleb's fine monetarily. Like. He's got no issues right now. And the other part you got to think about with going to the NFL is suddenly he's going to have even bigger agent fees. He's going to lose a lot of money off that rookie deal because he's got to pay into the players union and the players association and all that good stuff. Like, sure. It's probably a little bit closer than we'd imagine for what he would be making. But at the end, of, you're, you're right. He's going to get a pay raise as he should. Like, he he's going to be well, you're going you're going from the amateur level to the professional level that's well, like going from college into the workforce like you know we like you should about start how getting paid is now <laughs> i mean i guess that's true but uh, i mean if i'm caleb i'm going right i'm going this year because you're guaranteed number one b i don't i don't think he wants to get exposed by the big 10 next year yeah so get out now and if if i'm the cardinals i'm gonna try to play that hand a little bit and force him because I don't want to end up with Drake May over Caleb Williams. Yeah. And well, and I mean, I don't like, I don't think that NFL teams do tank on purpose. I, I truly don't. I just think some teams are worse than others. Um, and so that's why they end up with records like two and 14 or, or sorry, two and yeah. 15 or three and uh, 14. Um, so because because at the end of the day, that is all going on tape so that if you do end up wanting to go to another team or even are trying to re-up a contract, you're still giving 110% every single play. I just truly yeah. think that some rosters are better than others, even though so it may look like a team is tanking. I don't think that that's what's happening. No, I'd have to agree with you. And it, it's going to be an interesting season to watch. And you know, like I've said, I, I don't think Shador's coming out. I think we're going to have him at least, I think we're going to have him one more year because it, it's what what's in it for him. Like the dude's already sponsored by Mercedes Benz. He's got these big NIL deals. Like he doesn't need the bag. He's probably going to inherit somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 million at some point in his life. So he, he doesn't need the bag. It's more about, you know, going and proving it. But they also came here to win a ship. So, yeah, you know, why not give it one more run with with Travis and with Dylan Edwards and with, you know, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, these weapons that they got. And they're bringing in a great recruiting class already for next year that it's going to have some more weapons for him, some more toys for him to play with. Mm-hmm. And what's going to be interesting is the 2024 NFL draft where or 25, I, T- 25, no, yeah, tw- 25, 25 draft because <laughs> we could have we could have two players in the top 10. And we could have one of those be number one overall because I really think Travis, that that dude's just different. Like, yeah, I mean, I really different. think I really think that we're watching um, somebody who's uh, completely obliterating the status quo when it comes to uh, being a skill position player um, because 
he's the only one that like there I was looking and the mo- kind of the most recent person to play both sides of the ball like this was um Champ Bailey when he was at Georgia yeah. and and even it said something it, like his stats he had like 300 receiving yards and uh and an interception or I think yeah it, I, what they were saying was is who has had 100 receiving yards and one interception in a single season sort of thing and they had said that Champ Bailey had 300 yards and like eight interceptions or something like that but Tred Travis already has 115 receiving yards and an interception in one game you know and it should so have been two it should, should have been, been two. two. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, going back to what I was saying is I really, I think he's, he's completely obliterating the status quo on, on what it means to be a skill position where you can potentially play both sides of the ball. Now, once he does get into the NFL, I don't think he's going to be able to do it at the 126 snaps that he had on Saturday. But still good to like good to know that if you needed a nickel corner, he could go out there. If you needed um, a slot receiver, he'll go out there and do that. So he's not an he's not every down, but he's kind of your utility on both sides of the ball. Well, no, I mean it's you you hit the nail on the head, right? Like he's he's just a different cat, and he's changing the perception of what these guys can be. And I, I don't know how as a scout you grade him like. I think he's a first round talent on both sides of the ball, right. which is even crazier. Like it's not like he's some slouch of a receiver that would be picked in the fifth round. If that was his only position. And it's not like he's a semi average corner that would have been picked in the fourth or third. This dude's a legitimate first rounder on both right. sides of the ball. So where does that put his draft stock? Because they just haven't seen people like that. Right. Well, and then what's and then what makes it even more interesting is is the rookie wage scale because it, we're depending on where he does get drafted, his pay is already guaranteed regardless of what position he plays. So the yep. interesting thing, and and Debo Samuel was kind of going through this, but I kind of want to relate it more to Shohei Otani is more of what this is. Um, where because because I consider a I mean a pitcher's defense and when you're batting is offense no nobody's seen this in baseball before just like Travis Hunter is to football. No, absolutely, and it's it, it's going to be interesting when he hits after that rookie deal and he's going into his second contract negotiations. What do they what do they price him at? Because obviously receivers and corners their pay scales are totally different, and right. he's going to have a. I have a feeling he's going to have a firm argument on both sides of the ball when he gets to that point. And, you know, I think it's going to take a coach similar to coach prime that has that vision for him to really maximize him in the NFL. But it's, it's going to be fascinating to follow this kid's career because it already is, but it's only going to get better. Well, and what's, I mean, we're talking, we're literally talking seven years down the road from now, you know, once out of office bros has a million podcast listeners, we'll be able to bring this clip up and be like, see, we told you uh, in September of 2023 that this was going to be a problem. Uh Yeah, we're going to be bringing him on. And then real quick on Shador, he he already looks like an NFL quarterback. I mean, just his poise, his confidence, his calmness in the pocket, the way he navigates, he he reads defenses at a, at a doctor's level, at a doctorate level. I mean, he's advanced for where he's at. Like, you think about it, he's a third-year quarterback in the in the NCAA, first yeah. year in the in the Power Five. Like, what he was able to do and just pick apart and make consistently the right reads and drop the th- drop that ball in a bucket. 
it, it's something that not every college quarterback has. Obviously, the Pac-12 has it in spades apparently this year with the best quarterbacks in the in the NCAA. But I, I'm really impressed by Shador. I see why he's getting mocked in the top ten. Like he's got the stature, he's got the poise, he's got the clearly got the football IQ. So it, it'll be interesting come declaring season and you know how everything pans out with a bowl game. If he plays, if he doesn't play. Does he go to the league? Does he stay? I think he stays. I think he plays in the bowl. I think we get a bowl win. But it's going to be a it, – it's a wild ride right now for, yeah. for CU. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of uh, bringing it all back to where we just kind of spiraled down from there. Um, <laughs> the Broncos versus Raiders, uh, they do play Sunday here at Mile High. Um, what are your predictions uh, kind of leading up into this game? Yeah, you know, it's it's like college football in the sense that week one is is difficult to predict to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, we're, we're filming this on a Thursday and we've got the opening game on and the Lions are really keeping it tight as it stands. Last I checked with uh, with the Chiefs. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people would have saw that. It's currently 14-7 in the third quarter. Um, I, I like the Broncos in this game simply because it is at mile high. I think if we were going to Vegas, it would be a little bit different story. I'd still take the Broncos, but it'd be closer. I think the line for the Broncos Raiders was like minus three and a half on the Broncos side. That makes I, sense. I think that's a really, really good line. Like yeah. I, I see this being a field goal game. One yeah, score game. That's, and that's why, that's probably why they teased it at a three and a half as opposed to a two and a half, because I would bet that if it was, if the line was at a two and a half, they would probably take the Broncos to cover. Absolutely. Um, but with a three and a half, people are like, eh. <laughs> you know, it definitely makes people think. So it provides a little second provides... guess when you put that bet in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of my uh, kind of bold predictions for this game is that we do not want to get embarrassed uh, by Josh Jacobs as much as we did last year. So I think that we hold Josh Jacobs to under 80 yards this game. Um, our, I mean, our run defense definitely isn't as good as our pass defense. but a Jimmy Garoppolo led offense is hev- heavily based on, I mean, it's all West coast offense, right? It's quick hits and then it's running the football. So, um, so I think keeping it under that 80 yards is going to be tough. So, but I, but I think they're going to be running it a lot and it's going to be running back by committee sort of thing more than anything else. But whenever Josh Jacobs is in the game, we know it's going to be a run. So we yeah. are going to stuff the run. Yeah. And I mean, Josh Jacobs has been, just a Bronco killer since he's really started ramping up with the Raiders. And, you know, the dude's a great back selfishly. I've got him on my fantasy team. I would, I would love for a Broncos win, but a big game out of Josh Jacobs. Um, <laughs> just, like being candid, I, I want to win. South um, how fantasy works, man. And he, he's a great running back. He's killed the Broncos. Like I said, since he's come into the league and you're, you're absolutely right. They're going to lean on him heavy and we just got to, I don't love doing this in the NFL, but we're going to have to stack the box when he's in there. I yeah. mean, even though Jimmy G is a very middle of the road quarterback, like if you stack the box, he's going to be able to pick you apart to a certain extent. So it's going to be an interesting game. I I think our offense is getting better. It's not great. It's teetering on good, but it's better. And I don't think, you know, Sean Payton's going to put up with some of the some of the dog crap that we saw last year. 
out of out of the offense. So yeah, I it's I gonna think, be better. I think first thing is that we don't have to worry about kicking a sixty-eight yard field goal and not oh, give it, and not. not give it and not letting Russ you know try to march the ball down the field a little bit more to give your your kicker a little bit better of an opportunity i don't think we're gonna have to worry about that i also don't think we're gonna have to worry about the running game as much because we're getting mike mcglinchy back um and and the raiders d line i mean it's good it but it's not it's not one of the elite ones in the league um oh patrick mahomes just threw a pick six going to be tied up here in just a second um this is going to be an interesting year for the chiefs i'm not sure they're uh they're as strong as they once were yeah well i don't know about that i just i mean i think that i mean mahomes doesn't look like superman out there and i've watched me eat my words now he's gonna throw for five touchdowns um (laughs) (laughs) but he uh but without kelsey out there because the kelsey is a good tight end because he is very um What's what's the right word I want to use here? Uh, like fluid with his uh, improv, I yeah. guess. Like the like the improvisation that he does out there, nobody can match it. Um, in that when when a route is busted or when he doesn't think he's going to get open, him and Mahomes just have this weird brain connection where they both know where each other is going and where each other is going to be. Um, yeah, they have great chemistry out there. They, they, they are an unstoppable tandem. They're they're excellent players. I I hate that they're on the Chiefs, but they're they're great together. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how the season progresses for them because it, it's hard to stay at the top in this league. It really is. Yeah. And I think I do think no matter what though they are going to be the kings of the AFC West. Um, so let's yeah. go back to the third and fourth place teams in the AFC West. Um. <laughs> I Ooh, uh, and my other bold, bold prediction for this game uh, is is that Russ throws for over 315 yards, even though we don't have Jerry Judy. Um, I think I think Cortland Sutton has a huge game, and I think that you know it's going to be one of those games where like the like where you see highlight reels later, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about Andre Caldwell. Was you know like like when you're watching yeah. um, Peyton Manning's seven touchdown performance against the Ravens, <laughs> like he caught one of those balls. You're like, oh yeah, like he was a good player. Whatever happened to that guy? And then you end up googling his name to see where he went after the Broncos that year. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of one of those things where it's you know a li- like unnamed player, not unnamed, but a little unknown players for the rest of um, for the rest of the I mean world, but the rest of the state, the Broncos country will be able to to see face on Sunday. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I think Russ will have a good game. The one thing that does keep me up at night about the Raiders defense is Max Crosby. Um, Max Crosby yeah, is he's an, an absolute elite pass rusher. Like dude, dude's a beast. And he, he keeps me up at night just because we, we still know our offensive line is probably the biggest question mark on the team. It, yeah. it is. And, you know, hopefully McGlinchey solves some of that for us and, can provide a little added, but Max Crosby is a different animal. So it's keeping me up at night. I think, I think Russ will have a good game. I think Cortland's going to have a big game. I think we'll probably see three sacks, four sacks out of the Raiders. And I think the Broncos will match that. 
So it's going to be a pretty evenly matched game in my opinion, but I I got the Broncos eking out a close one. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's definitely where my head is at as well. I'm in a pick them league and I definitely pick the Broncos. I think like you'd said, being at home definitely helps. Um, Do you have any, um, any other games that you maybe wanted to spotlight that's kind of going on a week one that might have uh, bigger repercussions later? You know, there, there's one that it doesn't jump off the page immediately to you. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, to, to true football fans, it might. It's a really interesting one. It has AFC West implications. It also has bigger playoff implications, and that's going to be the Chargers-Dolphins game. Yeah. That one's tough to pick on right now. I think that one's a two-and-a-half-point spread, and that's a battle of two sneaky good teams that could really, if they get hot at the right time, they could go on a pretty big run. Yeah. So. I'm I'm intrigued to watch that. And there's always, always, always going to be a comparison between Tua Tagovailoa and um, a Justin Herbert. There just always is because in that, in that draft, they were both available when the Dolphins got on the board and the Dolphins decided to take Tua over Herbert. Um, Herbert immediately came out and made a splash his rookie year when Terod Taylor got a, um, got something stabbed into his lung by medical staff uh, oh. <laughs> uh, and had to come into a ball game and, and absolutely balled out and then hasn't hasn't stopped since. Um, and then obviously we know with Tua, um, the concussion history um, last year. And so I, those two are just always going to be, be compared. Um, so it is interesting that they're putting them into a game week one when teams are still trying to get it figured out. But I think you're absolutely right. This could have major playoff implications later, especially if there's a tiebreaker, because if, if they do, because these, like these are two very similarly skilled teams, I think. And if, if it comes down to where they have the same record at the end of the year, whoever wins this week one game is getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that that's a battle that I could see end up being the two wild card teams for out of the AFC. So I'm really intrigued by that one. I, I think it's gonna be a great game. I think it's gonna have a lot of scoring, to be honest with you. Yeah. The other game that I'm really excited about is Monday Night Football. Bills. Ah, fuck you. That's Jets. what I was gonna talk about. <laughs> ah, sorry. Had to get you. But no, go on ahead. Let, let, why don't you uh why don't you run lead on that then? Okay. Okay. Right on. Um, so yeah, that, that game I think is going to be very interesting because obviously it's Aaron Rack, Aaron Rodgers first time in a Jets uniform, uh, playing a full game. Um, and then, and then the bills have been the darlings of the league. I feel like for the last four years. Um, so are they going to be able to get over the hump? Um, and, and get themselves into the Super Bowl is really, is really going to start with this game because I think the Jets are vastly improved where they've been saying about the Jets for the past two years that they're a quarterback away. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers is that dude. Aaron Rodgers is still a top 10 quarterback, if not top five in this league. And so if they, so, you know, time to nut up or shut up. If you really are a quarterback away, guess what? You got your guy, go out there and prove it. And we're going to find out week one. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. That game is going to be absolutely insane. Great of the great of the league to put that on Monday night. Also, you know, there, there was the, uh, the patriotism behind it of an all New York game on September 11th. It's going to be a great game. I'm excited to watch it. And it's Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You yeah. can't get a better better debut Monday night game. 
You really couldn't. Yeah. So no. I, I can't wait I mean, to watch for, that. For one. fuck's sake. We had the Broncos and Seahawks last year that everybody was like Ooh. thinking the Broncos were going to absolutely obliterate the Seahawks. And then look what happened. Um, so I think, Ugh. I think the, I think the NFL basically came in and said, well, we definitely can't have that again. Let's put these two AFC powerhouse division opponents on week one, Monday night football. Yeah. I mean, what the hell was the NFL thinking throwing Geno Smith on week one? No, like, I get it. There was the whole Russ, like first game back in Seattle after leaving. Sure. But come on, man. Yeah. Gino. Just. Or Drew Locke? Did you think it was going to be Drew Locke? It was going to be some fucking draw? Are you serious? Good lord. I I think that that is what they were thinking. I I thought that it was going to be like, oh, these teams switched quarterbacks, and this is going to be a really interesting game. And then Gino beats out Drew Locke in training camp, and then we had a snoozer of a football game just like 10 of our other ones were last year. Yeah, that... That's a game I we had could, the worst. We we had the worst blackout. Monday night game and the worst Thursday night game of all time last season. Yep, it was it was a bad opening weekend last year. This year, it looks like they did it right. I mean, I, as we're both keeping tabs on this Lions Chiefs game while we're filming, I, I called it earlier this year. The Lions are a dark horse for me. I I think I said that because I just love Dan Campbell and I think that team fights for him, which is awesome yeah. to see. And Jared Goff isn't a bad quarterback. Right now it's 14-14. That's a damn good week one matchup. And the Monday night game is ex- excellent. And yeah. even the Sunday primetime games are, are outstanding games. I thought, you know, yeah, that's the Dolphins-Chargers. Yeah, week, uh, week one? No, I thought – or do we have two Sunday night games this year? I think we might. Let me pull up the NFL schedule. Because I thought it so was – Sunday... I thought for sure it was the Cowboys and Giants. It is Cowboys-Giants. So you got another divisional okay. game. That one's going to be great. You you got yeah. some really intriguing matchups. You got that one, Bills Jets. Obviously, we talked about Packers Bears, a rivalry game. Even though that's lost its luster since A Rod uh, went to the Jets. Then you've got you know Titans Saints. That could be a sneaky good game. You've got Derek Carr down there rolling out under center for New Orleans. DeAndre Hopkins coming out for Tennessee. You know those are some big names. Another great matchup for the 11 a.m. time slot. 49ers Steelers. Yeah. I love that game. That that's going to be a fun game, and also Bengals Browns. That's going to be another great game. It's a really Ste- good week one slate. Speaking of the Steelers, did you see the Mike Tomlin quote that came out this week about um, hearing outside noise? Dude, he's just he might be the biggest football guy in the league. Oh, dude, I love Mike Tomlin so much. It's not like if the if the Broncos organization did something that like really irked me and I had to pick another team, I'm pretty sure I'd be a Steelers fan just for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I yeah, I, I'd have to agree with that because dude, what a football guy. Like my yeah. family knows better than to talk to me about football. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love it. He's, he's like, I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's a legend, and it's and the Steelers obviously they're they're a good team every year. They're they're yeah. just so consistent. They're so yeah. So and that well, and a lot of that has to do with Mike Tomlin because he's been there nigh on twenty years. You know, I mean the, the Steelers. The, the, Steelers, the Steelers had four coaches. Right, right, and so there's there. I think that there is something to be said about that. We've had four head coaches in ten years. Like, <laughs> uh, had, I'm thinking it might even be less. 
Vance? Uh, eight years. We had Vance Joseph, uh, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett, and now Sean Payton. God. Oh, my God. That's so hard to hear. Well, and then if, until we're Sean ten, if we're going 10 years, it's five because it was Kubiak. So, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's just like one bad decision after the next. Right. I, I still don't think VJ was that bad of a, of a pick. Like, you compare him to the other finalists, which was Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, Niners got the better end of that. Yeah. But Vance Joseph wasn't a bad pick at the time. Nathaniel Hackett was, I, I don't know what the hell we were thinking. We've talked about no. it with him and Hard Knocks, but my God. Can anyone sit through that interview and be like, this guy? Yeah. That, that's who's going to lead us to another Lombardi. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, Hard Knocks just wrapped up this week. What are your What are your final conclusions? Um, just with yeah. this, just with this season in general. I mean, I feel like I feel like they wanted to focus so much on Aaron that they that they kind of went away from their blueprint of find an undrafted rookie that we're going to follow find the veteran that's been bouncing from practice squad to to roster find a couple of star players that everybody knows that people are going to watch they they hit two of the three i feel like and it only took until the very last episode and then you get the rookies that (laughs) they've spotlighted on three and two of them made the roster yeah i mean it was a fine season. I don't think it was nearly as good as last year, to be honest with you, with uh, no. with the Detroit Lions. No. I, 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 I liked it. I watched every episode. I was engaged with every episode. Um, I like Bobby Sala. Like, I like him. I don't love him. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a really smart mind. I don't think he's that charismatic, to be honest with you. Um, I, I didn't love that they got away from the formula, though. Like you said, yeah. it, it was the last two episodes that they really even started talking about these undrafted guys. One of them was the Slim Shady dude who did the eight-mile rap, which was awesome. Oh, but yeah. But, like, I wanted to know more about his story. Like, you you heard, okay, yeah, he was D2. He came in undrafted. They signed him, like, two weeks before training camp started, not even. So the kid never even had a shot. But I, those are the stories that you want to see when you go on Hard Knocks. I liked the... You know, the two undrafted receivers, the one from Southern Miss and the other one from Louisiana. Um, I like that they both made it. I thought that was awesome. I was really pissed in the last episode that they played on my heartstrings with uh, Tenzel. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. Like, don't don't get me all emotional about this guy being cut after you got, like, so attached to seeing him with his daughter. And, and, and him like, hosting all the other. Oh, and what was so crazy is, like, why are you the one hosting all of, like, Solomon Thomas and Quinnen Williams and, um, yeah. and JFM? Like, these dudes are making millions of dollars. Why are you the one feeding them? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Dude, you have your wife cooking a meal. I guarantee you Quinnen's got, like, probably a team of private chefs. Right. Like, I what mean, the hell? Why is this to. guy who's hanging on hosting? If you're going to be that big and that fast, you absolutely have to have your own team of private chefs. There is no other way. Tell like, you, man. But good for Tenzel to, to make it back on the practice squad. Was really happy to see that. Um, I think one thing that I'm guessing caught your eye as well, because we were both theater kids. The Broadway play at the end. Oh, loved it. Yes, end oh. of the episode. 
Oh, real quick though, going back to the dinner, Tanzel's shirt. So, I love charcuterie boards. <laughs> Dude, I love. I want one of those shirts. I think I, I want. Too. I want the Carcucci board shirt. Yeah, the Carcucci. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Give me that. That was awesome. And then like his daughter just like fucking around the whole time and like falling down or like burying her face in the couch cushions. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. And he was telling the other defensive lineman, he's like, you're supposed to be watching my daughter, man. And he's like, Oh, and he's like playing the PS five. <laughs> oh, I'm watching her, man. Like, yeah. please don't, please don't have children. You're right. <laughs> but no, it, it was a, it was a fine season. Thank God that we got some Broadway in there. Cause I think that was one thing that kept me coming back was like all the musical talk weirdly yeah. enough and they ended they ended up doing it and going and seeing a, a michael jackson one which i feel like they enjoyed and thankfully the only time we saw nathaniel hackett really that entire final episode was when he was like in the back doing this during the fucking broadway show like dan doing the ultimate white guy dances and just being a weirdo per usual he's so like, weird he's so weird and oh i didn't and i didn't think he was that weird when um like when he got hired here and had the, uh, his first couple of interviews and everything i was like all right gonna love this dude i feel like he's just a guy's guy nope no nope. maybe my maybe my definition of guy's guy means absolute douchebag i don't know um well, we are friends for a reason but that's that's um, fair that's fair but like dude I think when I first started realizing that Nathaniel Hackett was just weird as shit is what grown man's favorite movie is fucking Austin Powers gold member. First of all, he doesn't even know the name to the movie in that when he was talking about the red zone versus the gold zone thing, he's like, all right, who's seen, who's seen this movie? Who's seen this movie? Gold member. That's right. It's like, that's not, that's not the name of the movie guy. I mean, (laughs) I, 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 I like I, I just don't even comprehend how this guy is in the most macho game in the world as a coach and he keeps getting hired. It it blows my mind. It it's flabbergasting because like he's clearly just attached his car to Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers is kind of a weirdo. Again. But same yeah. sort of scenario. The Broncos hired him to lure Aaron to get Aaron to yeah. come here. The Jets did the exact same thing, man. The Jets just yeah, did it. Did. Yeah, I mean, good for the Jets. They've been down since like 1960. So yeah, yeah, good for them. But I, I, I'm intrigued to see how everything works out. It's it's interesting watching that because you know you look at a lot of these coaches and they have some Bronco ties to their to that team that are very strong. Whether that's players with like Connor McGovern, Billy Turner. And then you look at the coaching staff and you got um, Zach and Zazie, who was our wide receiver coach way back when. And he's an excellent wide receiver coach. I'm intrigued to see how he does. Um, I think he was even on Hackett's too. I I love the relationship that he has with his players too. And you could see it when those two undrafted dudes made it. uh, When he like walked out and he's like, what, you weren't going to come and talk to me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then, you know, I like their running backs coach a lot, Taylor Embry, um, yeah. son of John Embry, buff legend. And Taylor was also on CU staff for a little bit. I, I think he's an excellent, excellent coaching mind, and he's going to have a bright future in this league. And, man, that running back room is deep for the Jets, whether that with Dalvin and uh, Brees Hall's coming back and um, Izzy, 
I, I can't pronounce his last name. Or something like that. Yeah, he can too. Yeah. He got injured in that second preseason game, but it's looking like he'll be back for the for, for Monday night football. So yeah, yeah I'm did you see, see that in that does. episode? It was crazy with him. Cause they said it was like a three to four week injury that he suffered and he was already playing back like full speed in practice. Yeah. And that was a week and a half is what uh, yeah. Bobby Sala was saying. That's yeah. absurd. It's good. For and him. We, t- we, ca- we kind of talked about that with Javante Williams injury, like the better and better that medical science gets, the quicker we're going to see our favorite players back out on the field. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, because it can, it can sometimes tank an, an entire season. Um, so uh, last little uh, tidbit that I wanted to do here on this, uh, on this Sunday's episode of out of office bros. While, NFL Sunday is going on for our listeners um, is I wanted for us to pick our um, who we believe is going to be in the AFC and NFC championships games this year. Um, and, and we had prepped this for the podcast, uh, probably like three weeks ago because I wanted, um, I wanted each of us to have some time, uh, to, to really dive into this because I think it'd be, uh, I think we'd be remiss not to, um, so let's start, let's start with the NFC since that's not what our team is in. Um, who do you, who do you have, uh, making it to the NFC championship game? Yeah, you know, the NFC is is always a little bit interesting, right? Because you always have a couple of teams that are kind of that upper echelon and the, the landscape shifted with, you know, Rodgers leaving. It, it's going to be a different year. I, I like the Niners a lot. They're, I think that's an obvious pick, honestly, coming out of the NFC to make the at least the championship game. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Bosa. They have a really strong defense outside of him. Then on the offensive side, Quarterback is going to be their biggest, biggest confusion. Mm-hmm. But you have Christian McCaffrey, you have, you know, Debo Samuel. They they have weapons. They have the ability to go out and make some moves. I, I like the Niners to at least make the AFC championship game. I don't know how far they'll get past that. I don't know if they'll make the Super Bowl, but I do like them a lot. Um, then outside of that, it's kind of a crapshoot. I'm going to keep a chalk though and go with the Eagles. We're going yeah. to repeat what we saw it, last year. The Eagles are one of, is is my one of my teams too. I I think that they are they're just just have too much juice right now. Uh, yeah, they, they're pretty sure they kept the majority of their starters uh, heading into the season that they had in last year's Super Bowl. Uh, they so did, credit, and Jalen is good. Yeah, credit to Howie Roseman. Um, you know, for keeping that roster together, pretty much. Um, my and Matt Russell, yeah, yeah. My uh, my other my I'm I'm not picking the 49ers actually to make it this year. Um, I think that they're I think I do think that their defense is elite. I just I and I really really like Brock Purdy. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I just don't think uh, I just don't think he'll be able to create that create that magic again. I think he's a great quarterback, but I just that was magical last year what he was able to do um my my pick uh heading into and i might change my mind after watching the lions against the chiefs but uh is the minnesota vikings 
Um, I, I think that they do it this year and, and, and it's going to be Vikings Eagles in the NFC championship. I really like, I really like what Kirk is doing. Um, I think that I, I think that they have arguably the best player on the planet right now in Justin Jefferson. Um, and so I just, I just think, I just think that they're, they're one of those teams that like are never going to completely blow you away off the page, but they're going to be like a sneaky 13 and four or 14 and three. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you love using Kirky. Oh man. You love Kirky cousins. Broke my soul not to take him in fantasy this year, man. Absolutely broke my soul. Yeah. I knew you were crying on that one when, uh, when he got <laughs> taken before you. Um, no, I, I like the Vikings. They're always just very consistent, you know, well, well above average, but never great. It, they're a good pick. I, I, Kirk Cousins, man, he, he's just so underrated as a quarterback. He is a really good quarterback and yeah, I could see him finally getting to the championship game, but if it's Eagles Vikings in your scenario, I like the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl again and. I, I think they win it this year if that ends up being the case. I, I honestly think that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl kind of regardless again. Um, I think I think they repeat yeah. um, who they end up playing, though. That's what we'll move on to. Um, yep. So who do you have Who do you have in the AFC Championship? I'm pretty sure this can be kind of boring. Uh, yeah, it, it might be. Um, you know, obviously the Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions, they're, they're right there in the conversation, but... I actually think that this is a year they don't make the AFC Championship game. Oh, um, even though yeah. Mahomes has made it four out of five seasons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to bet against Patty. He He's an elite quarterback. It's hard to bet against Kermit. But I, I like Josh Allen and the Bills a lot this year. I think this is their year that they finally get over the hump. You know, they Vaughn's out for the early part of the year which I don't think is the worst thing for that defense because a, they're going to get some young guys getting run at that position. So they'll be fresh. They'll be up to speed. They'll be ready to go. But then when you get a healthy Vaughn Miller back, the guy didn't seem to age at all last year. He looked great. Yeah. So I, I think the bills defense is just very legit. I love Vaughn. He's one of the very few Bronco jerseys I've ever bought. I, I like the, I like the bills a lot this year. And then uh, the other one, man, that that's a little tougher with me leaving the Chiefs out. Obviously, the Jets are going to be a threat this year, I think. Like I said earlier, I think if the Chargers get hot at the right time, you could see the Chargers sneak into the AFC Championship game yeah, pretty they, easily. I, I really had to think about my second team for a very, very long time, and the Chargers yeah, were in that kind of top three that I was like mulling around in my head. That's where it's really tough for me because I, I really do think the Chiefs – probably this year take a the slightest step back um the Steelers could be there uh, I'm actually gonna go with another team in the AFC North that has been very very good and has an elite quarterback and that's gonna be the Cincinnati Bengals yeah um I I just think Joey B he he's too good man Joe Burrow elevates that team by himself they lost some key pieces last year Going into the playoffs, including, you know, a buff legend in Cheeto Bay Awuzie, who is one of their best corners. That dude, don't underestimate his value to the team. 
he's back. I, I like the Bengals a lot this year. I I'm, could be proven wrong week one. We'll see how Deshaun Watson comes back. But, you know, I, I think the Bengals do have the, the tools to get it done, and they got some serious weapons on that offense. So I, yeah. I like the Bengals versus the Bills. I, I I truly feel that the AFC is a lot more of a toss-up than the NFC is. I think the mm-hmm. NFC really only has three or four top teams, uh, whereas the AFC, there's probably about six or seven that could actually make a legit run at this thing. Um, yeah. So mine, uh, mine's kind of chalk for my first pick, and it is the Bengals. Um, I, 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 that offense, man, I love that offense so much. Um, Joey B just signed his contract so that he doesn't have to worry about that in the back of his mind anymore. That actually happened today. Um, so not going to have to worry about that. And then, you know, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, uh, they're, they're going to be fine on the offensive side of the ball. And I think they make another run at it. And then I think the teams that we've been seeing, uh, you know, kind of in and out of it over the last five seasons, both don't make it. I think the Chiefs and the Bills end up getting beat in the divisional round. And I think that our AFC championship game is going to be the Bengals versus the Jets. You were riding A-Rod hard this year. I think That's he has guy. something I think he has something to prove, man. Uh took took him in fantasy in like the tenth round because I waited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I yeah. I just I just I think he has a I you can kind of see it in hard knocks. He has a chip on his shoulder. Uh in that in the uh second to last episode, he was cussing out the entire offense when they were just trying to do team drills and full pads. Um he's just like can't believe we got two fucking false starts, two fucking holding penalties, three drop balls. What the fuck are we doing? We're playing a we're playing a game in two weeks. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. That that division's so hard to pick, though, because they're they're kind of like the AFC West, you know. I think there's you got the Bills who have kind of been the class of that division for a little while now. Could I actually elaborate on how I think it happens more for the Jets? So, so I think I I think the Jets end up being a wild card team because of how tough their division is. I think they end up maybe like a ten and seven, uh, not. probably 11 and five or 11 and six sort of team uh, because they lose a lot of like, they probably lose once or twice to the bills uh, once to the dolphins and then once to the Patriots, just because bill Belichick, you can't throw them out of anything. Um, And, uh, and so I think that they end up being a wild card team and then they get hot, hot, red hot heading into heading into the AFC championship game. No, that makes a lot of sense, and that's a scenario I could definitely see playing out. Um, you know, like I said, the Bills, I think, win that division, and I think you're we're probably in agreement there. Um, the Dolphins are kind of the chargers of that division, you know, yeah. furthering that Tua and Justin Herbert kind of, you know, path of being compared. And then you've got, you know, the Jets, which are very similar to the Broncos in my eyes. You bring in a Hall of Fame quarterback with some young talent. Got to see how it goes with a very solid defense. And then you've got the bottom place team, which I think will be um, the New England Patriots. You can't count Belichick out just like you can't count his disciple, Joshie McDaniels, out. Still hate him, but they're they're going to sneakily win some games in the division. So 
it's a very, there are a lot of crossovers and a lot of similarities between the two divisions. So I, I see it playing out similar to like you said, where the Jets could take a wild card and honestly go on a run. I could see that out of the Chargers as well. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if those are your two wild card teams where, you know, you've got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and then, I don't know, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> as the I mean, division champions. The, the AFC South sucks. <laughs> <laughs> AFC South is just so fucking irrelevant. I mean, my God. Like, what? The Houston Texans? Ooh, real scary. <gasps> yeah, the Jaguars. The Jaguars are decent. They're <gasps> not going to be bad. But they're not going to do shit. And then you, you got Tennessee, which, okay, I guess. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the South is a fucking joke. God, it's so bad. Who's the last team in the South? It's so bad. Who's the last team in the South? Uh, let's see. I said Jags, Titans, who up Colts, and what the? F- yeah, yeah, the fucking Colts. Colts are a joke, <laughs> man. What are they? Who's even starting under center for the Colts this year? Oh, is they it Richardson? Drafted, uh, Anthony get, Richardson. Yeah. Did, yeah, that's gonna go great. Ugh, that's so fucking bad. They're, they're going to be a miserable team to watch. Like, for any Colts fans, if there happens to be a Colts fan that stumbles on this podcast, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I don't even know what you have to look forward to. Like, maybe if you're a Notre Dame football fan, but Notre Dame shits the bet every year, too. So, enjoy living in Indiana, I guess. <laughs> sorry. We, we'll take you on our bandwagons. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Come be a bus uh, division with us. Come, just come yeah, root for yeah, CU. Yeah, come root for Prime. Come yeah. root for Prime, and then maybe you guys could actually get a real starting quarterback in Shador in a couple of years. Wouldn't <laughs> mind that. I would get a Shador yeah, Colts jersey. That'd be, yeah, that I'd be fine with. That I'd be fine with, just as long as it's I not the Raiders. That. Yeah. Yeah, just it's not like, the Raiders and we, the Chiefs. We know it's not going to be the Chiefs, and we know it's not going to be the Chargers. It just can't be the Raiders. So Or the Patriots. Please not the Patriots. Actually, I can't have that either. Like any, I, I get any, it. any other of the twenty nine NFL teams, go for oh, it. Oh, I'd be buying that jersey Absolutely. in a minute. Rooting for a man. Absolutely. Yeah. I would buy um. That. Any, any final notes on Broncos, uh, Buffs? No, strap go. in Denver. This is such a great weekend for for our state for football. It is. I, I couldn't be more excited, and you know, it, it's a it's a great time to be a Denver sports fan right now. So. Let's just ride this wave. You know, you got the Avs. They're, they're still a great team. They, you got the Nuggets. They have the best player in the NBA. Broncos are always going to be at least hopefully competitive. And I think we're going to get better this year with Sean Payton. And then obviously, you know, the Colorado Buffaloes bursting on the scene and with a big upset of TCU last week and hopefully a big dub against Nebraska. Like I said, I'm sticking with my double digits. Sko Buffs, Sko Broncos. Let's get some dubs this weekend. Absolutely. Right on, my man. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Out of Office Bros. We will be out of office again on Wednesday afternoon. For immediate assistance, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you best. The Out of Office Bros.